Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Do You Say Anime? I am your host, Peter, and joining me as always is our co-host, Adam. Adam, how's it going today? Oh, we're doing pretty well today. How about yourself? Oh, I had a lot of uh, yard... My mom fooled me into doing yard work today, so... Ooh. Lots of, uh, lots of sun today, but I'm glad to be talking to anime with you. All righty. And on today's episode, we are going to be reviewing the 2020 spring anime season. We will be reviewing seven anime. And, yeah, it was a... Uh, a really interesting season due to all the delays with COVID. So we were luckily happened to get a few that were actually finished in time. So that was really nice. And we had some personal favorites of mine. Am I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see your views on how you viewed uh, the anime season. But first we're going to start off with the absolute juggernaut. That was love is war season two, which is a follow-up to my uh, comedy of the year for 2019. And this show was an absolute delight and I loved it so much. Adam, do you want to start with uh, things that you maybe liked or did not like with Love is War Season 2? Well, I absolutely loved this season. And I think my favorite part was the Ishigami arc that we get. I feel like his character was kind of never really, like, fleshed out. He was kind of just, like, the quiet, like, gonna give you, like, a little bit of lip type of character. who yep. didn't take things seriously. But then when you find out, like, why he's so, why, like, is such a recluse to everyone in the group, and you see, like, his whole backstory and, like, the shit that he went through, like, oh, man, I've never felt, well, I shouldn't say never felt, there are certain characters, some of my favorite characters I felt that uh, I connected to in a really strong way, and he is definitely one of them, right up there with, like, Simone for me. Yo, uh, episode 11, which was the third part of the Ishigami arc, uh, you won't be able to see it, but I'm gonna hold it up. I loved it so much that I bought six volumes of the manga where season oh two ends. It was absolutely incredible. I loved the Ishigami arc so much. He is automatically best boy for season. Yeah, I mean, we still got two seasons to go, but I mean, he is the clear front runner for best boy this year. Uh, the whole, I mean, there were so many just great episodes with uh, season two that I liked a little bit more than season one where I gave season one a nine. Uh, there's just so much like more character development between everybody, not just the main characters of Shirogane and Kaguya that you got to see like the little eye arc with, uh, her trying to like tease, uh, the, the president into like trying to, you know, get with her instead of the, um, instead of Kaguya. That was a great episode. Uh, we had another like, uh, Chika teaching episode of the, the, the dance, because he doesn't know how to dance, so Chica yep. had to teach him. Like, we had the volleyball episode in Season 1. We had the dance episode in Season 2. There's a singing one in Season 2 as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then uh, there's a spoiler alert in the manga. There's another one. So I'm really, oh, I'm really hoping that we get a third season adapted, because then we could get to see another uh, Chica. It's like a callback to Season 1 in the manga, so I'm really hoping that we get to see that later in uh, Season um Three, which I feel like we have a good chance because this was such a yeah. widely like well received anime, and it became one of a personal favorite of mine. Yeah, uh, it's up there for me too. And me and the other Adam, what we call Miles, yep. we uh we got into a whole debate about between Toradora and Love Is War, which one we think gets love right or understands love more is deep, like talks about it in a more 
deep way. And I was on the Toradora side, but after reading, starting reading after I finished season two of Love is War, yeah. I had to message him and be like, yo, dude, I might have to eat my words. Oh, really? I read some of the stuff that comes up a little later and... Damn, I really, Dude, really, really like it. Yeah, if you if you are <laughs> if you are in a if you are a fan of Kaguya-sama, like you need to watch read the manga. Like, holy crap! Like, I adore this show. I love. I adore this franchise. I adore everything about this show. It's so much. And man, um, I would probably personally still lean Toradora just because like I, that was like my that that was like that was me. Like that yeah. that resembled so much of me where this doesn't really resemble me. Like I was never like a student council president or something yeah, like yeah. that. I, well, feel you that. I was a regional but, president in high school for a, a business association, so not not necessarily incorrect, but a little less, but oh I was my just God. gonna have for, like our discussion was strictly about the anime. Sure. And to this point I'll still be like when it comes anime to anime, mm -hmm. I still feel there. It's not very. It, Toradora is still the, the Ishigami arc is the closest thing that Love Is War has done for really talking about like the depths of love and the complexity of it. And for that, I still feel Toradora wins in strictly anime to anime. Mm -hmm. But when when you start throwing some of the stuff the manga has touched on, I feel like it can. It, it can give it a run for its money when it gets adapted. I, f so I we'll feel see. like I feel like if somebody said that like they like that like that aspect of like let's say love more than Toradora, I have I have no problem with it. Like it's yeah. just it's just like a personal thing where like Tor Tor Toradora is always gonna have like a special heart, like place in my heart based off like what happened in like my real life and then based off what happened in the anime. So oh yeah, for me I I still Love Is War never made me sit down and like emotionally have a cry. Torador has done that to me still. So but yeah, I would Love Is War. I mean, Torador never made me want to like go out and buy more or like do like the visual novels or anything like that. Where Love Is War, as soon as I saw the Ishigami arc, I'm like, what volume of the manga does season two end? Because I need to buy this right now. And then yeah. I bought like all six volumes that I that are currently out. So I'm up to like chapter. I forgot what it was, like, 141 or something like that. I think there's more, but, like, I'm only... I can only read, like, what's published, so... They're, yeah, like, they're like, six months behind or whatever. Yeah, I think Scanlations go up into, like, 190s, I yeah. think. So I'm, like, 50 chapters behind, but I'm just waiting. I just, like, I just started building, like, my manga uh, bookshelf, so I'm just gonna wait for the, the new, like, publications every, whatever, four, six months that it comes out, and just read it then. But, I mean, the manga itself is, if you love the show, the manga is just as good, if not better. I love the manga. I absolutely adore it. Yeah, and can we talk about the at least the the last little arc that they did with uh, Kaguya and her cell phone? Like, oh, I don't yeah. know exactly. <laughs> I felt so bad watching that. Like, I think that's the most emotional I got was when I saw her just kind of, like, almost giving up on everything. Yeah. Because she had lost all those, thought she had lost all those memories. And I was then like, you realize, I felt heartbroken. Yeah, and then, she like, oh. then you realize that she's living in, like, 1942, like, and everybody else <laughs> is living in the present time. And, like, uh, we have the cloud. Like, I don't know if you ever heard of that. So all of your well, pictures that you saved is, like, we're it's fine. Like, we have them. So it's like, oh, like, a, like you felt so bad for her that you realize, like, all of those memories are still saved. Don't worry. Like, yep. you, you can still be a good girl. Um. I mean, we, we kind of touched on, like, the characters where we got introduced to uh, Eno, the new... Uh, I like her. I like her a lot. She grew on me. At first, I thought she was annoying. And then you realize, yeah. like... You realize that she's kind of, like... She puts on, like, an act. And she's actually kind of, like, a pushover. But, like, it, she's, like, cute and funny about it. Uh, where, like, she's all, like, Oh, I'm the disciplinary, like, committee, like leader or whatever and then you like if you're like nicer she's like i guess i could let that slide and she does a lot for chica and her board game yeah. club that she lets a lot of like chica stuff go slide on like whatever under the rug because chica's nice to her so and then you you get to see that more and more with like her story and her interactions with the student council but then you get to see also where she thinks everybody in student council it's essentially like perverts because she keeps walking in at like the worst time whenever things are happening. So I honestly thought that was going to be a long running joke where she never actually goes to a student council meeting because I think like two full episodes, every time she's about to walk through the door, something's going on. So she runs away. 
So I thought it was going to be an ongoing thing where she never actually joins the student council. That'd be that'd be great. But I'm, I am glad with how like the her like arc progresses and her like interactions and her like becoming one of the student council members because now it just if she left it would feel weird because she has like a whole new dynamic with the student council. It's not just the original four. It's like now we have five. So. Yeah, and I think she even adds, like, I feel like there's going to be a thing going with her and Ishigami at some point. There's some tension there. Yeah, like, you you and could definitely tell like that. It's going to turn into something, but... Because <laughs> cool. um, Ishigami's crush is a third year, so, like, do you really think a first year and a third year are going to, like, have, like, this relationship? Like, I don't think so, but, like, you know, first year, Ishigami first year, I could definitely see that going yeah, forward. Yeah. And that'd be I really actually... fun to see, like, them, like... Uh, just another like relationship arc in the show like the yeah, characters are so good like if we s move away from kaguya and uh shirogane like it's going to be fine like i mean i ishigami is my favorite character of the show and of the year so far so like if we move away from those characters like it's perfectly fine so i'm hoping that we can see something similar to that yeah i, I kind of hope at some point we do get uh, Miyuki and Kaguya, like, moving forward, and they kind of take a mentor role. Because I, I, they're already in their last year. They're starting no, their they're last their year. No, they're still second years, because... I thought that this... No, because... They had their third... The uh, presidential arc would have been the start of their third year. No, uh, because... that was the... not. Those were the elections for... To be, to be president the following, like, whatever, like, year. But they're still second years. Because, uh... Okay, because uh, I just... Once they took back over the office and they moved everything back in, that would technically be the start of year three. I feel like that's like a plot hole that people just like don't talk about because like I think technically like Ishigami would have continued being president until the year was over, and then like if that, for, if he I did, yeah, I, I I don't know how their like elections work or anything like that, but so yeah, for me, I would guess I was just assuming like they basically got to the end of the year, they had their election to determine who's going to be the next president, and then what was it episode 10 or 9 or whatever when they move all the stuff back in i assumed that was technically the start of year three no they're still yeah. second years because okay. i don't want to spoil anything in the manga because something happens in the manga part. where like yeah that's kind of like how they confess like because of like okay. what happens for their third year type of thing you know what i'm saying i don't know how far yeah, you yeah, are yeah. in the manga but no i i'm oh, just a couple chapters after what I'll take your word for it because so, something happens. So. Yeah, something right. happens. Uh, but let's get to our rating. Um, I I'll start. I I absolutely adore the show. There's so many memorable episodes. Where like I think last season, uh, season one, like I think the real memorable episode was the volleyball episode for me. I just thought that was like absolutely hilarious. I feel like in this season there were so many memorable episodes where we had the dance, uh, the Chica teaching the president how to dance, the election. Uh, the whole Ishigami arc, the inclusion of uh, Eno into the student council. I thought there were so many more memorable moments. To no surprise, I gave it a 10. It is now my number... I also moved into my top 10 all time. It is now my number 8 all time. It kicked out Gurren Lagann. Uh, that's how much I love the show. And I bought all the manga. And I love the show. So 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, and I 100% agree with you. I gave it a 10 out of 10 as well. I think it's objectively the best anime this season and right now my front runner for anime of the year which yeah. if you would have asked me like five days ago wouldn't even have been the case though yeah i had I, a different show that was front runner this season that i thought was also really good and but. i think we'll get to that later but yeah. um yeah between i mean i've given out two times this year so love is war and then since it didn't technically come out it technically came out last year but i kind of like hinted at it the last episode that gave Doro Hedero a 10 as well, but we're not going to really deep dive into that, but Doro Hedero is great. You should watch it. It's on Netflix. Uh, next up, we have the highly... Oh, this one's really controversial. Um, yep. Tower of God, the Crunchyroll original webtoon, the first one that we get, uh, sets place sort of like a combination of Hunter Hunter and then the tower climbing aspect of SEL. We have our lead character, Bam. Yeah, it's kind of Bam and Rachel yeah. trying to maneuver their way up to the tower to get to the whatever floor to fulfill their wish. So this was a very interesting dynamic of a show. I would say uh, there's a lot of criticisms where people apparently claim nothing happened in the show where I'm on the exact opposite. I thought 
the world building of they only climbed like two or three levels and i thought the world building itself of the show was incredible and i loved it so much that i started reading the webtoon like that's how much i enjoyed tower god how about and what are your thoughts on tower god i think it's the perfect setup for a long-running series i think the first season that we got feels more like an introduction sure to the world than it does like a full-fledged like story but i are full like uh piece by itself but i also feel like they plan on this being a long-running series so it makes sense that the first season is really more set up than anything sure i agree with you that i think they did a great job setting up the world and i think this show has the potential to be one of the best show or the potential to be the best show of this season once the entire piece is fully out however i didn't like the visuals like a lot of people did okay sir there was there were times when I thought it worked really really well, but then other times when they did close-ups, I think the thick outlines of the characters were more distracting, especially on Coon and Rachel. Every time they were on screen, I felt like something felt off. Okay. And that was it might just be a strictly a me thing or I just the visuals didn't click with me, but that was the biggest thing holding me back. Okay, see, I'm, I'm on the exact opposite because I read the webtoon, and I think I think justifiably the art in the webtoon, especially the first season, is pretty garbage. Like, it's not well made. Like, yeah. And you, if you read the webtoon, you see the art get better and better. And I think most people would uh, would probably agree with me in that statement. I personally oh, I thought the art, was, the art was a little different, but I, I wouldn't say it's bad. I think you Ooh. can rightfully say, like, that there it was... Uh, objectively like it was just a little different in how they handled like character textures and character design and how they looked because they look very different between the webtoon and the anime itself so i think that's perfectly fine like criticism because i personally have my own criticisms with the show um i felt like there were some parts of the show that didn't need to be added uh they only adapted like 80 chapters of the first i guess they technically adapted the entire first season of the webtoon but i feel like there's parts of the webtoon that they could have added and removed from um, the the show itself, but I still thought the show itself was like really well constructed, especially with like the because my biggest thing is like characters, like I love characters, and I thought like the short times that we had with the characters that we were introduced to were like really good. Like I thought I immediately fell in love with Rack. He just reminded me of Kuabara from uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, where he's I like this. Gonna come up. He's I like he, yeah, he's like a lovable. He's like a lovable idiot brute, like. But, like, he deeply cares for, like, his turtles, and he deeply, like, wants to continue climbing the tower with them, where he, you kind of have, like, this, he kind of, like, shows off this attitude of, like, it's all about me, but then when it gets to, like, the, the actual situations, especially in the crown game that they had, where it's like, okay, we need to protect Bam, and, like, we need to protect the black turtle, like... You, he really shows up where it's like, okay, like, I, you're, you're seeing, like, this development really early from, like, these characters of, like, okay, if we want to grow as, like, winners of the tower, like, we need to form a team, we need to fo- uh, form friendships, and you really see it from Rack in the last episode where they, where Rachel, spoiler, where Rachel pushes Bam off of the orb that they're on, and Rack is, like, crying, but he's, like, he doesn't, like, cry like a human, he, like, screams like a crocodile, like I said, I don't know if that makes any sense at all because I don't know if crocodiles scream, but like he instead of crying, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like instead of crying, he screams. He's like, ah, like he's so sad that his friend died, or died. Um, yeah. so I just love like everything about that about Bam. I love Coon so much just because he reminds me of Killua from Hunter Hunter. Let me show my Hunter Hunter phone case real quick. But like, there's so many things about like. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm a diehard Hunter Hunter fan. So, like, there's so many things that just reminded me of Hunter Hunter in this show. But they, like, it's not, like, copy and paste like they do with Isekais. It's, like, it's a completely different take on, um, I don't know. You, you don't technically classify this as, like, a shonen, But, like, like this adventure style, I mean, you can kind of probably say it's a shonen, But, like. I, I'm going to, for all intents and purposes, I'll call it a shonen. Yeah, let's just call it shonen for right now. But, like, like that, that style of, like, you know, like deceiveness and tower climbing and like adventures and fighting and all that stuff. Like I thought they did it really well, similar to Hunter Hunter and, and my score is kind of going to reflect it because I think Hunter Hunter is a fucking masterpiece. So, uh, I, I, I think this has the, I think this has like legit has like the path of being like a great 
like adventure style like i don't know, like you can compare it to like one piece because it is compared to one piece as like the world building of the show so i mean i'm talking a lot Abby, how about your thoughts on that? I, I, I think this really has potential like for moving on for especially in the next few seasons like i've been reading it as well i'm not quite as far as you but the, I, the stuff I've read, I'm not even halfway through what's considered chapter two or season, season two. Season two, yeah. And there's enough for a, at least another season and a half oh, already. If we, if we get <laughs> season two, it needs to be legit. It needs to be like 48 episodes. I'm like, say 50-something episodes or whatever. The workshop arc is incredible, dude. It's going to be like... If you think like if you think Tower of God is mid, the workshop arc will change or workshop arc is going to change everything. Like And see that's where I kind of was when I finished watching it. I like I'm going to keep reading it cuz I know people say it gets better. And that just made me go back and rewatch it and like see all the small things they did. And I even went to go and I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to say I think they did a good job with Rachel. Oh no! And I know people I, I, hate her as not necessarily a character, but as a person. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Rachel as a character because her whole, her whole like life goal is to climb the tower. And then when she finds out that like she wasn't even supposed to be chosen for the tower, it kind of like hits a mark on her. And the whole time it was supposed to be Bam. So we get like this. I think Rachel is extremely well-written. I think she's a great character. I want her to perish. I want her to die a miserable death. But, like, she, like she's well-written. Like, she's a great, like, antagonist slash villain, depending on, like, how you view her as. I think in, you. I think a lot of people have every right to even say that she's not even a villain. Like, I, I'm i more on that side. I kind of want to... Once you're finished, I kind of want to get into that. No, but, like, okay, like... From my point, uh, yes, Bam is the main character. Villain is, or um, there's multiple antagonists, but like Rachel is an antagonist in some way to the story. So, I personally think that she's a villain. But if, if somebody said like I don't view her as a villain, but as long as you view her as like an antagonist, I think that's fine. But like she obviously is using, like she is obviously manipulating other people for her own gain. Instead of, like, trying to, like, instead of... She's, like, the all-for-one instead of the one-for-all. I'll, I'll put it that way. All right, your thoughts. I, I feel like, if anything, she's more the Shigaraki. I think the one... The tower... The the tower itself, or who the king of the tower, would be the one-for-all. Or, sorry, the all-for-one in the... The in king that. jihad, yeah. Yeah, the king jihad would be the 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 real big bad that's kind of like moving the pieces around and Rachel just being a piece. But I just want to put like present this situation, see what you think about it. Okay. okay, so when Rachel gets pulled into the tower, she realizes that one she wasn't chosen and that she has one of two options she's given by the little rabbit dude. I don't remember his name. The tower guardian. Uh, he Hedron or something like that. Hedron? Yeah. Yeah. But Hedron goes and gives her one of two options. She can leave, go back to living her miserable life, doing whatever she's doing. Yep. And Bomb will continue to climb the tower, searching for her, never to find her, and either die in the tower or spend pretty much eternity searching. Sure. Or she can go into the tower and kill him. Regardless, she is never going to see Bomb again in a positive way. Like, she doesn't really have much of a choice there. So when she decides that she's going to go into the tower to kill bomb, she can't really change her mind because she has that guardian that will just kill her. If she decides not to do it. No, for so sure. She's essentially a hostage in this situation. So the only reasonable out for her to accomplish anything is to join, essentially go to the dark side, kill the, her only friend and at least then she gets the chance to see the stars yeah she really has no other options well i mean she does have an option like i mean the she option... just used to die at that uh, point well yeah it's like like would you like sacrifice yourself for somebody else and in her case it's no so like you could you could like I hey, don't like to each to each your own but like you can point that out as like a villainous like type of like move where like 
would you take a bullet for this person? Essentially, that's like what the metaphor is type of thing. And it's like, and she's just saying, no, I will not take a bullet for this person that I thought I like loved. There's like a, depending on how you view it. I don't view Bam as a simp. I yeah. feel like Rachel's like a mother figure more than like a, like a romantic. Lover, a, yeah. Something like that. So it's a little different than like how I view Bam and Rachel's relationship, but like, that's why another thing is why I like villainize her is because like, if it was like, I know my mom would take a bullet for me in a heartbeat. And like, if you were like a, I got to interrupt you there. Sure. No, go for I it. Feel it's unfair to say like, she's taking a bullet for him. It's basically like she's agreeing to either pull the trigger herself or they both die. Because if she decides not to do it and she just gets straight up murdered, bomb isn't going to just continue to live without her. Essentially, he, I could very easily see her mindset being if, if I die, he's going to he's gonna lose all reason to live, sure. too. So there's no reason for me to take this bullet for him. But this is one he's reason why... He's essentially dead anyway. Yeah, this so is why... So might as well just let him die. And, it, and then after that point, after she makes the decision, because that whole scene leading up to that, mm -hmm. she is questioning. She's like, why did you follow me up here? Sure. I told you not to do it. You almost see her fighting with her own conscious, like her own consciousness, like trying to like rationalize what she's about to do. Yep. And I feel like after she makes the decision... There's no going back. Yep. She's already done the most regrettable act. She feels like, at least this is the way I see it. She feels like there's no, she's irredeemable at that point. Yeah. She, she has to go through with her plans, regardless of how many other evil acts she has to commit. Because otherwise, if she doesn't succeed, everything she did was for naught. So I feel she's almost a tragic character because the situation she put in is almost, there's no good out. No, and I think like literally what you're saying well, is I, one reason why the show is so good is yes, because absolutely. you you can have so many different like thoughts and ideas and like like how I view one character is how somebody views someone completely different because there's like people who like don't like Rack, which is shocking to me, but there's people who don't like Rack. There's people who, I mean, Bam is kind of like a boring MC in the first season. Like I will, yeah. I mean. If you read the webtoons, he gets so much better. Like, he's an insane main character. But, like, it's kind of made out for that specific reason. Like, they do it on purpose to make him, like, that type of character. And hopefully we get a season two and we can see more to, of it. But, like, I think that's one reason why the show is so good. is because we get introduced to these characters. We get introduced to these different, like, multiple storylines of reasons why people want to climb the tower. And trying to justify, like... Is, am, am I? Action. Yeah, like there's some people who don't. They're not. They're not going to like kill anybody. Like in the first, second, first or second episode, where like they're at like 400 people and they have to eliminate the 200. There's people who just straight up hide. Like they're not willing to kill to climb the tower. And then there's some people who are just like, I'm going to kill everybody at whatever cost it takes for me to climb the tower. And that's really cool to see like the justification of each individual character on like why they do this because like Shibisu like doesn't kill anybody in that, that round where somebody like, I mean, you see it like right away where like somebody like stabs somebody and then is immediately shot by an arrow, which is then immediately shot by a sniper rifle. So it's like, people just like, don't care. Like they just need to be eliminated down to 200. And it's really cool to see like critically thinking like those type of things of shows. I absolutely love. And it's so much different than like cooking cutter shonen. So yeah. And I think they do a good job of setting it up that it's not necessarily these, the people that are killing aren't necessarily bad people. No. Like they might make bad decisions, but I, I think they do a good job of saying that this whole situation that, th that they're all being put in where it's like this killer be killed type of scenario is really the real bad guy in this whole thing where yep. These people could theoretically climb if they were all able to work together, but like one person turns on another to get that upper hand and eventually it turns into absolute, it's almost an arms race when well, you think about it. Something like, similar when we talked about Made in Abyss, how the Abyss is sort of like an antagonist where the tower is sort of the antagonist. Like it's, yes. it's not like directly causing people to kill, but it's like indirectly causing people to do things that like maybe they wouldn't do because the promise of this wish at the end of the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is like, will you do anything to get your wish fulfilled? And some people is like, absolutely. And some people are like, 
well, it depends. And some people are like, no. And so, like, it's a whole vast of characters because that that's what it would be like in real life. Yeah, and it's at least from what I've gotten, it seems like the people that the tower wants to climb are the ones who are willing to do whatever it takes to climb, the ones who are willing to kill. And it seems like those people are normally the ones that get farther. The people that are kind-hearted and stuff, and we see a little bit more in Season 2, kind of get stifled at some point. Yeah. There's a line that's like, well, you can't get here unless you're willing to, you know, probably... Uh, check your consciousness yeah you either have to be like door you know yeah you just like you either have to like kill people or you have to be like a manipulator like you have to be really smart in order to control other people to do what you want which is kind of coon because coon isn't really like the front line guy but like he is progressing through the tower like smoothly yeah you see that and you see it with other characters in like the show and in the webtoon where you have somebody like in dorsey who is in season one she is probably by far the strongest character that they're introduced Oh yeah, we we'll we'll get the best girls in like a second, but like you see like the different styles of like Kuhn could, because you see in the Crown game, Kuhn could like probably mess some people up with his knife if he had to. Like it's not a problem, but he's a better like controller. He's a better manipulator. Like that's the style that he goes with. Where in Doris, he's just like ah, I'm the strongest person here. I'm just going to kick everybody's ass, which is great. But like let's let's talk about best girls because. We yeah. get introduced to, uh, like, Yuri, we introduced to Rachel, uh, Anak, and Endorsey, and there's a lot of, like, like waifu wars, best girl wars, like the marry one, kill one, fuck one type of thing. Like, you gotta pick three, that type of thing. So, uh, what's your thought on, like, your favorite, like, characters in terms of, like, uh, let's say female, because they were very prominent in Tower of God. Endorsey uh, and Yuri, I think, are my... In the first season, I'm going to keep saying, in the yeah, anime, in the anime, it's yeah. Dorsey and Yuri. And Yuri, I just think, is a badass. Oh, I think she's that's, so badass. She doesn't get, we don't get enough of her as a character for me to really be like, oh, I like her personality. I just think she's fucking, she's hot, and she's like probably the strongest character we see in the in the show so far. Yeah, cause, yeah, because you you get to see her like pure strength in episode twelve. It might be 12. It's right there. She's like, plop! And then just, like, flicks that dude. He's, like, gone. It's like, oh, like, you thought Endorsey was strong. Uh, She's got nothing on Yuri, so. Yeah, so those two are my favorite. Endorsey, I like that she's, like, flirtatious, but also that whole, like, well, I can't actually have male friends because males and females can't be together, but if you're going to give me food, I can be a little flirtatious if I need to be. I I like that kind of... uh, not necessarily Sundere, but that like hard outer shell type of thing. Uh, uh, who was the other one? The lizard girl. A knock. Yep. She's all like she's all right, and I feel like she gets better as the story goes on. And I totally am like I feel so bad for her. Like her whole her uh, backstory. Her backstory. It's like I want her to succeed. I want her like if there's anyone who I want to get their objective, besides maybe bomb, it's her because. She deserves it. Yeah, for sure. I do. I do have an issue though with the anime. They need to figure out whatever color she's gonna be. Oh she yeah, I know. Or I'm... she's green? That bothers the. Cr- I know she's green, but it kept flip flopping like scene after scene, yeah. and it was really irritating. Yeah, th- there's definitely some flaws, but I think for the most part, like the majority of the show is like overall pretty good. Uh just real quick for me, best girl and knock and Dorsey's waifu. Uh, I, we didn't see enough of Yuri for me to like have like a real justification, but I just love like a Doc's backstory and then and Dorsey especially post time skip and season two is like, yeah. Um, so let's get to our rating. Um, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I gave it an eight. I feel like this has a lot of potential in the se- in the seasons coming up. The story is really well told, but I think my biggest gripe was with the visuals and. Yeah, that, that's really the th- only thing holding it back from being a nine for me. All right. Um, personally, I love like the characters. The animation was like hit and miss, like you said, with the Nox color change. Sometimes, uh, love the world building. I felt like the there was, I mean, it's set up kind of on purpose where there's not really a whole lot of action. But I feel like the action that we did get in the show was pretty satisfying. So I gave it a personally a nine out of ten. I think that if we get a season two, it needs to be like forty eight episodes. Uh, to like fully adapt like the actual season two or at least get to the workshop arc which is I don't know how many episodes they would adapt that to but I think the show is great I love it I think that Crunchyroll picked a great like 
starter anime for like their like webtoons slash uh, Crunchyroll partnership. So I thought this was really good. And then we have God of High School right now. So I think they're doing a really good job with like these uh, webtoon adaptations. So and yeah, that's Tower God. So Adam, we're gonna pass over to you for a show that you watched, which was Princess Connect. All right. So Princess Connect Redive. So. For those who aren't familiar with the pedigree of the series, it's from the same director that did Konosuba, and that's uh, Takeomi uh, Kanasaki. And so going into this series, I expected it to have that same kind of comedic timing and like visual flair. And it's like storytelling elements that Konosuba has, which is like one of my favorite like isekai comedies. Well, isekai is in yeah. general, but like one of my favorite shows to watch. And... It just does, like, you can see that pedigree in there with the art style, but when it comes to comedy and storytelling, it doesn't hit as well as Konosuba did. And that, that isn't me saying, like, I don't like the show because overall I enjoyed it. But I think the biggest r issue with it is that it's based on a gacha game. And so you're going in with a lot of really cute character designs, but not, like, a really deep, uh, fleshed-out story and world. So that each episode kind of ends up feeling more like an American style cartoon where it's episode to episode or just kind of their own isolated instances and they wrap up in 30 minutes and you can jump in at any point and watch it, which is fine, but it's just not really my cup of tea. And so even though I think the character designs are. All right, sorry. I where so where did I cut out there? Uh you said uh I don't remember. Uh, something All right, about Well, I'll just jump back. Okay. Jump kind of <laughs> touch it up again. So, it's based on a gacha game. There's not a really deep story. The comedy is kind of hit or miss. It's more childish comedy and the st episodes can kind of be watched in any order. They're not really there isn't one really like overarching plot that you need to follow until like the last 3 episodes. And so while the art is good and the girls are cute, I can't give it more than a seven because it's just simply an above average show with a cute waifu. So if you like waifus and you like the visual styles of Konosuba, I, I think you'll like this series, but there isn't a really big overarching story that's going to like compel you to keep going if that isn't your thing. Gotcha. Like, uh, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. What, th these Rise of like, Gotcha animes is like, Kind of like, I don't know, at least the Fate one that was recent was like decent, but like, because well, they have a story there, yeah. Like, that's but like, like the issue. Cinderella 9 trash. Uh, yeah. I think there's like an idol one, not it's I know Bang Dream has one, but like, there's like another one that's like coming out uh, that has review. There's review Starlight that came out a couple seasons ago, yeah. and then um, that one, that one I heard one... is actually decent too, so and then there's there's one that's this season. Like Re Lapras like, or something? It's like, yeah. Uh, is the idol one? Or is it like the A7, like the male idol one? I don't remember. No, it, it's another idol one. Um, <sighs> I don't think Lapras we have, like, Relights. Yeah, okay, Lapras, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's like a rise of like all these, I don't know. Whatever, like... Uh, yeah, yeah, it... it I, I think it's Mal rating is like roughly a 7-2, so like that makes sense of like, it's just like whatever watch it and have some fun like but you're not gonna be like yeah. blown away by anything yeah that's really and, and the i was originally sitting on this one with a six yep because i finished it and i originally watched it because um mother's basement did an episode on it about how he was really and like really wanted to watch it because he was super like into like the first couple episodes so i'm like all right i'll check it out and i left being like I've seen all, like, like I said, besides the visuals, that's really the thing that carries it. Like, I'm like, this isn't all that great. I was sitting at a six. And then there's a, the other show that I'm going to talk about later on here. Pushed it up because that show was something else, and it's the same gotcha game style story. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Okay, so Adam gave Princess Connect a 7 out of 10. Next up is a show that was kind of surprising for me. Yeah. Uh, was Glitnir. And it's like a battle royale style show where like everybody get, like essentially like gets a wish from an alien of like what they want 
or something like that, and then they like turn it. Curse monkey paw. Where yeah, it's kind yeah. of you get a power that you want, but it always seems to come with some kind of drawback. Yes, and uh, at least me from the first episode, I was like, oh, this will be like some like etchy, like uh, killing bites, I think, or something like that, where it's like, yeah, okay, we're going to get a lot of skin, a lot of like panty shots, and probably people dying, but it ends up, ended up being like a decent like show. Like there's some like really decent moments with like, the, the, I think the actual story was like really unique with them collecting the coins and like why the aliens were on Earth type of thing. Uh, and what are your thoughts on uh, Glipnir? So going into this, just from the previews we saw, I kind of figured that the main character, uh, Shuichi, was going to be like this, like, uh, what's the, this sub that was like totally into Claire for whatever reason, even though she's like an abusive, like psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of what I got that she's like, oh, this bitch is like a psycho killer, but he just like really wants the boner. Yep. That's what I expected going in. And that's not what I got at all. And she was a much, like, she is kind of crazy, but, like, a relatable kind of, she's not just a straight, I'm killing for killing's sake type of person. Yep. And he isn't the simp that I thought he was going to be. Oh, really? Because I thought he was a huge simp. I mean, he is, but I, I expected him to be, like, kissing the ground she walked on type of thing, where it's, like... It's a little know. different, yeah. But he wasn't like necessarily all about that, and he kind of as the show like grew and he started to slowly get memories back. I'm like, at least he's taken it upon himself to not be a total bitch. Yep. Like when he kills, he shoots a guy in the back who's trying to like crawl to his sword. He's like, no, I think I'm gonna get my hands bloody from now on. I'm not gonna make you do all the work yourself. I'm like, okay, I can respect that. And for the story, the whole uh, so. I'm going to touch upon a little bit of the plot. So the main character, he gets his wish that we don't know what exactly it was or how he got this power, but he turns into like a giant, like mascot, like dog thing. Yeah. And it has a zipper in its back and anyone can get inside of it. And if they're, they have enough of a bond, like they can like fuse together and essentially like work as one to fight other monsters. And I think this show did a better job of being, uh, what was the, why am I spacing on this name? I should have written this part down. Uh, the freaking mech one. The mech one that was all sex metaphors. Darling in the Franks? Darling in the Franks. Oh, you mean the shirt job. I'm wearing currently of Zero Two? Yeah. yeah. I, I can't see you, though. Oh, that's right. You can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Darling in the Franks, I think it did a better job of, like, getting that whole, like, male-female connection thing done right than the later half of darling in the franks did so where it felt it hit home more for me than that show by the end of it yeah uh there's like speaking of like them like going inside there's that one scene where like suichi lets the other girl inside and claire gets yeah and claire gets upset it's like suichi you idiot it means more than it's (laughs) it's more than just like letting somebody in it's like letting somebody into you it's like yeah it's like he doesn't get it. I was like, I love that. Like Claire's like getting upset with that. It's like, yes, you idiot. It's more than just, it's more than just fusing together to fight somebody. It's like, no, you and this, Claire this, have this, like this, yep. like a like, they're not like lovers, but it's like them entering into each other is sort of like a like relationship type of thing where it's like, yeah, nobody else is like getting inside of me, and then nobody else is going to get inside of the other person type of thing where it's like, like you said, like the sex metaphor. It's like, yeah. It's more than just that. So I really like that aspect of it. But there's there's, like... there's one little thing that I kind of... So I went and read some of the later stuff, okay. the later half of it. So I could kind of just get more of a context for what was going on. And one thing that they didn't really do a good job of explaining was that... At, so in the middle of the show, when he, he lets Yoshioka fuse with him, and then they do like a full-on like demon form fusion mm-hmm. when they get killed yeah. or whatever... That isn't just something that happens when they're severely injured. That's something that only happens when the two people are in sync. Mm. And so that's not really explained well in the anime. And so it becomes a point of contention for Claire that she can't do that with. Yeah. So it's like, am I really the person that you should be like being with? Why can she do that with you? And I can't, why are you two better, more compatible? They, they mention it for a moment. Yoshioka says to Claire, like, like you're, you and him aren't compatible. Like, 
we are. It's like, and then she just kind of walks away and it's never really mentioned again. Yeah. But the whole fusion thing is something that unless they're on the same wavelength doesn't work kind of like darling in the Franks where the two pilots have to be like in sync with each yeah. other. But I don't know. I thought the show actually did a, has an interesting story even beyond that. Like you said, with the aliens, why they're there, how you, uh, Suichi or Shuichi, whatever his yeah. name is. However, whatever the main MC is, uh, his uh, his whole backstory of why he has no memory of what happened, and his connection to Claire's sister Elena, and I don't know. I thought that that whole thing set up really well, but I don't think we're gonna get a season two. I, but th- like the show, like it's like one of those shows where like it performed like a little like shockingly better than what people thought, like. On the Reddit poll or whatever, like the best anime of the season, Glipnir got third, and everyone's Ooh, like, really? everyone's like, really? Like Glipnir got third, and so everyone's kind of like, I don't know. I saw the manga being sold in like uh, Barnes and Noble, so like that's the type of thing where like, if it sells, like we might get a second season. Like it wouldn't surprise I, I me. I take it. I I overall I really liked the show, and I went into it expecting it to be. Like, something I either dropped after three episodes or I finished and thought was, like, a five or a six. But I was pleasantly surprised going into this that I enjoyed it and I liked... I didn't necessarily like the MC so much, but I really liked Claire. I loved Claire. And I don't know, maybe it was part of her, like, weird masochistic whatever. That little bit of crazy in her that I thought I was attracted to. But, like, I don't know. I thought the scenes where she got, like, got naked, I was like, okay, I'm okay. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> I don't, I don't like Yandere's, and she, I don't either. She was like, uh, well, you know, there's an exception to everything, so yeah. I don't know if she's, I she's close like she to Yandere. Yeah, she walks that line really, really well. Cause because mostly like, when I think of a Yandere, she would have just freaking killed that bitch yeah. right after she got out. She'd been like, no one gets inside my man but me, and like doesn't have a problem doing it. But yep. she's. She's a bit more timid than your average Yandere sure. would be. And I like that. Okay, so what's your what would you give Glipnir? I give Glipnir an 8. An 8. Okay, I was hovering on that 7 to 8 line. I think if we get a second season, I think I'd like it more, but I'm giving it a 7. All right. All right, next up is a show that only I watched, and we had so much drama and controversy. Oh. And that's Sing Yesterday for me. And I have to put on my Darling of the Franks t-shirt because... Uh, Darling in the Franks is known for its terrible ending. Guess what show rivals that? Sing Yesterday for me. We had a show that could have been a staple of romance for years to come. When people say romance, they say Toradora. They say, like, my love story. They'll say, like, his and hers consequences and all this stuff like that. Like, there are staples in the romance genre. And this is, this was 11 episodes into being a staple and they threw it all the way in episode 12. It's like, I'm not going to give any spoilers because you haven't seen it, Adam, but essentially... Oh, I, they, I read it, remember? Okay, you read it, okay. Well, so, I read the ending to it. I know how it all goes down. Okay, so if you haven't seen Sing Yesterday for me, uh, huge spoiler alert. So essentially they have the main two char- or the main character and his like love triangle, and he essentially picks... The teacher over, like, this rambunctious, like, 19-year-old. So they have 11 episodes of character development of this teacher and her kind of, like, I don't know, weird relationship with her dead crush's younger brother. And it's pretty obvious that, like, he, she views him as family, nothing more. There's nothing. She does not like him romantically. And episode 12, they're like, you know what? Fuck you. Maybe I'm going to go date this younger dude after having, like, this really nice I, I actually i wouldn't call him nice he's actually a terrible person but like this other dude who like cares for me and just throw it in the trash just everything that we did in the first 11 episodes just throw it in the trash but as long as haru got the great ending like it's fine right it's like no this show was a nine near a 10 for me and they threw it all the way to episode 12 i dropped it to a seven just because I think 11 of the 12 episodes are great. I think episode 12 is one of the worst episodes and worst endings in anime history. It rivals Darling in the Franks as a show that could have been a... Because Darling in the Franks is the same thing. It could have been a staple for sci-fi. It could have been a staple for mecha. It could have been a staple for even romance. And they just 
pulled down their pants and took a job on it. Like they, they ruined the ending of Darling in the Franks. They ruined the ending of Sing Yesterday for me. It, if I could rate like episode by episode, episode 12 is a zero out of 10. That's how bad the episode is. The show itself is a seven. So if you like this episode or if you like the show, you're a fool. I'm sorry. The show suck. I'm sorry. The show itself is good. The ending is horseshit. So seven out of 10, that's my rant. Adam, take it away with your uh, Shiroko Connect or whatever it's Shiro called. Shiroko Project? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so this was the other one I was mentioning about with uh, Princess Connect that's based on a mobile game. And a mobile gotcha game. So I actually downloaded both these just to see what the heck they were. So, but anyway, Shiroko Project. First off, if you read the My Anime List story description, whatever it says there does not happen in the anime. So the reason for this is my anime list pulled the Wikipedia page for the mobile game. Okay. The mobile game's story happens after the events of this. So this is technically a prequel to the events of the mobile game. And I'm just going to spoil the ending right now. Go for it. It, <laughs> it ends with the world resetting and the main two love, the two main characters who are like in love with each other, them being put onto this new like reborn world. It's not necessarily reincarnation, but it essentially is where they just like wake up in their like in their teens or whatever. Okay. And from there, the mobile game starts. So any, like, character development, all of the things that make you give a crap about the characters happen within the mobile game. So the prequel stuff all happens assuming you already have played the mobile game, which didn't get a full release in North America. It only got, like, the first few chapters, and the game only lasted for, like, a year. It ended in between like 20 the end of 2014 and was canceled by the end of 2016 okay so we never got the full story of the mobile game to give a crap about any of these characters that don't get developed in the anime so you get this very basic romeo and juliet style plot so the uh, the plot is essentially world of dark there's a world of darkness and a kingdom of light on the mainland of darkness the main character is an orphan kid who's training to become the next king of darkness so that he can protect all the people because he's a goody two-shoes character. Sounds right. He's sent as a diplomat to the kingdom of light to ask for a temporary ceasefire so that the two sides can work together to defeat some evil demon. While he's there, he falls in love with the queen of light and half the show is just them being cute with each other while he's sitting there trying to be a diplomat. Then... The last half of the show, he goes back and the King of Darkness decides, fuck the world of light, I'm going to kill him. And he kills him and the world ends up resetting. And these two end up like dying and being reborn. It's essentially just Romeo and Juliet with a fantasy take. None of the characters are good because <laughs> you don't get any, you don't learn anything about them. The only thing I can tell you about the main character is that he, I don't even know his name. I don't even think he gets a name. Wow. I, lit I literally don't remember if they named him because everyone just calls him Prince. But he essentially just wants to protect people and he loves the queen. The queen wants to protect people and she loves the prince. And she also likes to pick vegetables. Oh, fun. That's all I can tell you about their characters. And so I feel like if you act if someone were to actually play the game, they would be like, well, I know who these characters are because I saw them develop from the story that happens in the mobile game. But we don't get to see any of that. So none of that stuff means anything to 95% of the people that live in North America that might have watched this show. And there was also supposed to be a Switch game that came out at the same time as and the anime launching. Did that happen? That got, it did not. It got pushed back. So it's not going out till next year now. Okay. So the... The game that might actually have the story that's going to explain who these characters are still isn't out yet. So, I even though like I don't think it's a horseshit show, it's a very basic Romeo and Juliet story like cookie cutter bullshit. You don't you're ne no one who lives in North America is gonna give any craps about these characters by the end of it. So it even has like a exactly like a darling in the Frank style ending where you see the main characters like reborn type of thing. So it's like, I don't know. Uh, I gave it a five and 
this was the show that originally made me push up uh, Princess Connect to a 7. Because I'm like, compared to this mobile garbage, like, that thing had to... I had to give that an extra point. Because I at least enjoyed watching everything there. Sure. Every, every time I watch an episode here, I'm like, okay, I've seen this story before. I don't hate it, but... It doesn't By do the anything, end of it, yeah. It's just lacking. It's lacking in everything you need for a well-told story. Sure, I feel like that all comes from not having any context or any way to even get it. Gotcha. All right, so that's a five from Adam on Shironoko Connect. I don't know if I said that right. Shiro and then Neko, like cat. Shiro Neko Project. There we go. Yep. It's a five. Uh, before we get to our last review, I'm just going to re- uh Two shows that we didn't really are going to talk about, but shows that I watched and I think I you should re- I'm going to recommend them for, for you. What is Kakushi Goto? It's on Funimation. It's essentially if oh, what was that show called? Uh, if it, it was for my daughter, I would defeat a demon lord. Minus uh, the dad marrying the daughter. This is just a really nice like father daughter relationship story of the main character. Uh, is a mangaka, but he does like etchy mangaka. And he doesn't want his daughter to find out. So it's just like a funny tale of him tr- hiding his like profession from his like 11 year old daughter. And then the f- hold hearted like relationship between them really funny, really heartwarming, great slice of life comedy, eight out of 10. And the other one is uh wave. Listen to me also on Funimation, the best voice acting performance um, this year of the main character. It's like her first, um voice acting like uh main role the character who does the main character in wave listen to me uh essentially what the show is about is the main character is a female she gets dumped she goes to a bar gets hammered drunk starts talking to this random old dude about all of her problems this old dude's like you are like really good at talking like i think a lot of people would relate to you would you like to go on the radio and talk about it and she's like drunk like duh like i'd love to go on the radio and talk shit about my ex-boyfriend and she ends up getting, like, a radio job and, like, her own show at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. So it's, like, uh, late, I think. Great show. It's so underrated. It's so underwatched. 8 out of 10. I, there's, like, a 0% chance we get a season 2, but it leaves off at, like, a really good point of, like, maybe we'll get a season 2. But I think this is this is such a better anime than manga type of thing because the voice acting in the show is incredible. Okay, 8 out of 10 for Waveless to me. And we'll get to our last one, which is, what was it? Life as a villainous, all routes lead to doom or something ridiculous, some like yep. light novel title of a, sh- uh, a, a, the premise is a girl is essentially transported into a, a Tome game. Is that what it's called? Essentially. Yeah. Otome game. Or, and she has to essentially find the correct route where she doesn't die or lose essentially. And it ends up just being like a, uh, a harem uh, like a everybody loves her funny comedic style harem uh set in like some fantasy realm where she's a princess so adam your thoughts on the otome game princess all routes lead to do light novel title all right so this show i so this was the one i said was my front runner when i was talking about love is war if you would ask me five days ago what i thought my favorite anime of the season was i would have said this and it just barely gets beat by Love is War for me because there was not a single episode that I wasn't left just smiling and happy. Yep. Like, there, it's really hard to make a harem show where you don't pick one person and kind of, like, attach yourself to sure. them. Sure, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, I want them to win, win and everyone else, eh, kind of fuck you. Yep. Like, if you get in the way of... Mr. Right or Mrs. Right or whatever, then I don't like you. You're a bitch. Um, but that's not like that in this one. This one, I, I, I openly root for the harem ending. And I think the reason is it's because it's a super wholesome show. And you can totally get the reasons why every single character falls in love with... Um, oh, what's her name? Christina. Is. Oh, sorry. Katarina Clay. Katarina Clay. Yeah. You can totally get the re- like feel why everyone falls in love with her, and it's I I don't know I felt like every episode I was like she's just such a good person every time even like a bad guy tries to go and like try to backstab her you, she's just like hey I get it like let me help <laughs> you let me be like the good the 
the light in your dark world. And it's like, I don't know. It just, it just leaves you smiling at the end. No, uh, definitely. Like this is probably the most like enjoyable show of the season. I would say like every time I watched it, like I had a smile on my face. It was happy. It was fun. I felt like to me, like a lot of the episodes didn't like flow. Like, for as good as her interactions with the character, I felt like nothing really happened until, like, the oh. end. Like, when we saw, like, the, I guess, student council president is actually, like, evil. Yeah. I'll, do that. I'll put that in quotation marks. But, like, you know, like, other than that, like, it's just, there's, like, a lot of scenes of just, like, her farming. Uh, her going to visit, um, what's her name? Uh, Maria. Like, Maria's house. And they bake cookies and stuff like that. Where it's just, like... Uh, to me, I felt like I thought I was going to get like a, like a, I felt like it was going to be like a, it still ended up being a harem, but like, I thought it was going to be like a Quince thing where like everything revolves around like her relationships with people and like them like falling in love with her. And a lot of times like we didn't really get that, which was fine. I guess it's just like my expectations on the show of what I thought was going to happen and then what actually happened. But I thought overall the show was like very enjoyable uh animations wise i thought it was like really stunning the palette that they used with like the bright colors was so nice and then it was really reflected when they had like the darker scenes because then it took away from like how bright the palette is it's like oh like we're entering a new territory because now we don't have light blue and pink and yellow it's like now it's black and gray and purple or something really like like that artistic little like niche things I talk about, like what I'm critically thinking really like that. It does things like that. So that's just my personal taste on it. But like, there are some things that were just, I don't know. I just, just like some of the jokes didn't hit for me. I didn't think it was as funny as I thought it should have been. Um, the story was just like, I, I don't know. Like the routes were kind of, conf I would say confusing, but it seemed like bland and boring, I guess. And, uh, I mean, for the most part, the characters were fine itself, but, uh, do you have like any other thoughts on the show that you want to talk about since you like it more than I do? Oh, um, I, I, I guess I, those things that you're saying, like, I totally like get where you're coming from on them. Like, I don't disagree with you. I feel like the show just did a really good job of just being a wholesome show more than anything. And like, so all those like those things that you could be like, I expected it to be this and it wasn't. I just kind of, it, I was okay with it not meeting my expectations because I think the way they did it, they told it was told really well. I like that the main character kind of enters that role of the villain and she's just so dumb that she yeah. doesn't realize that like none of those things that she's trying to avoid happening are actually issues. That's so yeah. like the whole premise is that in the game, she, the villain of the Otome game that she is embodying is a total bitch and like backstabbing people yep. and like bullying and like it's self-absorbed, but she's the complete opposite of that. So like when every interaction she has with the characters that are, she sees as like, Oh, this this is happening just like it did in the game. It's like, it's not happening just like it did in the game because the person you are is like different. so wholly different. Yeah. And all the characters see you from a different light. So it's mostly just them being like you as the viewer being like, Oh, she's just so dumb. She just doesn't realize that every single one of these people are in love with her yep. and they aren't like conniving to kill her or something. I don't know. I, for me, which I, I was okay with it not being super serious along those routes because, like, from from the moment when you realize, oh, she's just an idiot, that's what this is all going to be is stupid jokes for most of it, I was – it didn't bother me. She's just so dense, which doesn't make any sense because she's, like – you get to see her backstory. Like, she is a very intense, like, um, Otome slash, like, what's, like, Doki Doki called? Uh, dating sim. Like, she's, like, a dating sim, like, aficionado. And, like – I feel like she should know, like, what a dense yeah. character acts like, that type of thing. And it's, like, and the fact that she's, like, missing all these hints where, like, in the past she understands, like, the characters and, like, it's a romance game and I don't know. That, that's just yes, me. No. You, you see her as, like, maybe, like, ditzy or, like, loopy or uh, dumb maybe or something. Like, to me, I just found her as, like, dense and stupid. See, I saw her as ditzy from the be even in the flashback scenes. 
because she even talks about how I can't figure out how to do that. It was her friend giving her all the information on how to beat the game. True. The one who ends up being the reincarnated white-haired girl. Yep. One that loves books. Uh, I got her name. What's it? Keep talking. Sophia. Sophia. Yeah, but uh, it was her friend who was really the smart one. She was just kind of the one who likes games but wasn't very good at it sure. from what I took. So I just saw her being like, okay, I've been transported in the game. And I'm going to look at this like it were a video game through and through and not like it was real life. So she was be just being ditzy in the fact that she couldn't, like, she didn't realize that this was actually, these are real people. This isn't a game anymore. Yep. Or else she's not on the route of the game anymore where she's just, like, so gung-ho about not dying or not being exiled that she just can't see the forest for the trees type of thing. Okay. But, I feel that's like, the way I took it. But. I gotcha. Okay, so I, I can feel that you're probably going to give it a higher rating. So I'm going to go first. Yeah. Uh, like I had some problems with the main character and like the romance element to the actual show. Um, some of the comedy didn't hit, but like otherwise it's super enjoyable. Really just like happy and fun. And I had a smile on my face the whole time. But it didn't really do anything amazing for me. So I gave it a 7 out of 10. Yep, and for me, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Wow! I absolutely loved it. I had... Wow. Yep. Wow. I have, I have no... I would watch this again right now on Binge. Well, we're getting a season two, so that's still be yep. really nice. So, Which was kind of shocking, but I'm telling you, I, I have this conspiracy theory. Crunchyroll is investing in isekais. They're going... Like, you're going to see more and more isekais. This is another one. Because I saw Crunchyroll tweet out that it's getting a second season. So, I was like, I bet Crunchyroll has something to do with this. So, conspiracy theory hive mind. Crunchyroll <laughs> wants the isekai genre to themselves. So, yeah. All right. Well, 10 is shocking. So, those are the shows that we reviewed. Tower of God, Love is War, Princess Connect, Glipnir, Sing Yesterday for Me, Shiro Neko Project and Otome whatever villainous all routes lead to doom. So, My next life as a villainous all routes lead to there doom. There we go. I knew that there was an easier <laughs> English style. So thank you for watching, listening, whatever platform you're on. If you're not watching on YouTube, if you're watching on like Spotify, iTunes, we do have visual content on YouTube. Just search What Do You Say Anime. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Mine is What Do You Say Annie. That's What You Say A and I. Adams is Adam Betcher. That's Adam B E T T C H E R. We have a Discord. If you want to talk about anime, games, manga, whatever you want, come join. We're all, we're very active at like all hours of the day, and we have a watch yep. club. Every two weeks, we pick or we vote on a show. We watch it and discuss it. It's mostly like uh, lesser known slash maybe not lesser watched. Show so this week is Grimgar, uh, fancy of Ash and whatever. So look forward to that episode tomorrow if you're listening today. So uh, was it today? Is Sunday, July twelfth. So if you're watching then. But other than that, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.